Hey guys, welcome back to my second installment of my podcast. The first installment was a quick introduction on what this podcast is going to be about, and I'm very excited to start getting into the details of everything. Um, Again, my name is Kez, and let's get after it. The reason I chose the podcast platform in order to get out my story and to describe to people about my transition is that overall I get to control the narrative of this podcast. I get to tell my side of the story without being interrupted or worrying about backlash or feeling uncomfortable when I'm talking face-to-face with somebody that might not agree with what I'm doing. The bottom line is I know I will have to address people who don't understand um, and that's okay if you don't understand. It's great that you're here trying to understand, but in the end as well, it's not for you to understand. It's for you to just be a respectful human being. There are going to be people who even completely refuse to try to understand, and there's really no good excuse for that. What it really comes down to is that a person's transition has no effect on you whatsoever. Somebody else's transition has no bearing on your life. The only thing that another person's transition asks of you is for you to be a respectful human being. And if you are unable to do that, then you have some unpacking to do on your own. It shouldn't be hard to just be a kind person. Overall, I'm going to make sure that this podcast has a generally positive tone to it because this is something that I'm excited about. This is my life. This is my journey. This is who I am, and I'm proud of it. And I want to bring all the positivity and information to those who are choosing to listen and be here with me. There will be points when I talk about things that are sad or things that make me angry or stories that are just completely horrific and I might get passionate about it and it might turn a little bit darker. But overall, I want this to be a podcast that is informational and is full of love and I just want to create a safe space for people to connect and to explore their own gender identity and for people to get information and to expand their worldview a little bit. I am so grateful, so glad that you are here, and let's get on to the topic for today. So as I said in the very first installment of the podcast, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of things to go through on the topic of transgender and on the specific topic of uh, my identity, which is transmasculine non-binary. And it's really difficult to find a good order or know exactly where to start and for it to all hopefully make sense and flow in a good way. But I'm just going to kind of go after it and just see where the cards lay. So I guess we'll just start in the present moment. Um, Again, I identify as transmasculine, non-binary, and that can mean something different for somebody else that you may ask who might identify similarly. But for me, the way that that comes out or what it means to me is that I am trans, transgender, meaning that I was assigned female at birth and now I identify as another gender. So to continue to break the part of the trans down a little bit more, transgender never really quite fit for me in the past. Um, I had been asked before if I was transgender or if I thought I was going to transition and I had always said that I wasn't and that I wasn't going to. But now that I am medically transitioning and taking hormones, um, the label of trans 
actually fits me more and I'm very proud to have it as part of my identity. Now, not everybody that identifies as transgender is going to medically transition and not everybody that medically transition necessarily likes to be labeled as transgender. But for me in my journey, the label transgender really started to fit and feel right when I began medically transitioning. So transmasculine, for me, means that I transitioned from being assigned female at birth to a more masculine presenting individual. Now, I personally like to clip that non-binary onto the end of it because I do not feel that I am a trans man. I do not necessarily want to be lumped in and labeled as a man and grouped as such. I still feel like my gender is fluid and I still feel like it's a spectrum. And though I will say that I lean more towards the male side, obviously I'm taking testosterone. I do not identify as a man. So that's where the non-binary part of my gender identity comes into play. Again, if you ask somebody else, the word non-binary may, be, may mean something else or something different to them in their journey. But for me, non-binary means that I am somewhere in between the male and, and female spectrum. What I want to make clear is that transmasculine non-binary, that label for me has always been who I am. I just didn't have the words for it. I have always felt this way, that I was more on the male side of the spectrum. Um, I presented as a butch lesbian for a while until I started realizing, hey, sexuality and gender are different. The way I had always described my gender identity before I had these kinds of terms are when I look in the mirror, I don't see a female or a male. I just see Kez. I look in the mirror and I just see myself. Now I feel like this is where I often lose people because they're like, well, you have to be one or the other. Are you a guy or are you a girl? Like, what are you? And I'm sorry if this upsets you, but I'm neither. I'm not a man and I'm not a woman. I'm in between. If you took the time on your own to do the research and you read up on a scientific journal or any sort of science article, they will tell you that sex is different than gender, is different than gender expression, is different than sexuality, and so on and so on. The thing of it is, as this binary society and the need to put things into boxes, we want to lump it all together. We want it all to make sense, and in order for our brain to make things make sense, we create shortcuts, we create labels, we create boxes. And if things don't quite fit into these pre-made labels that we have deemed is acceptable for our comfort level and for our societal comfort level and the binary society that we live in, then we just, for some reason, can't wrap our heads around it. Now, a lot of transgender people don't necessarily like to talk about this kind of stuff about their bodies. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a total open book, so I'm just going to go ahead and talk about my experience. So I have female body parts, but I do not consider myself a female. I do not consider myself a woman. The body parts, my sex is female. My gender is not female. So unfortunately, this is where that conflict comes into play. I don't feel comfortable in my body. I don't feel comfortable with the fact that I have female anatomy. Now, I don't hate every single part of my body, but there are things about my body that I was born into that unfortunately 
came with the label of female as a gender label, which provoke extreme gender dysphoria. And if you don't know what gender dysphoria is, it's essentially the discomfort that is ex- is experienced as a result of your gender identity and your sex not matching up. Your gender identity and the body, the parts that you were giving, not in alignment. My gender dysphoria truly manifests in mostly three major ways. For me, it's my chest, my hips, and my menstrual cycle. I have always gone through pretty great lengths to hide my chest. Um, I never really realized that that was something that created so much discomfort for me until I really started to pay attention to my habits. Like I would put on a certain shirt and I'd go look in the mirror and if it looked too chesty, you know what I mean? If it looked like I had a chest, I would go and take that shirt off and I would keep changing until I found a shirt that I felt laid just right. Um, I'd wear very tight, compressing sports bras, anything that I could do to minimize the fact that I had breasts. I really started to pay attention to these habits and actions of hiding my chest in high school and that really continued to manifest and just continually get worse the older I got. I have been fortunate enough to be blessed with a chest that's not extremely large, um, but it's still too much. It's still something that I wish that I did not have. A good friend of mine uh, bought me my first binder just in the last year, and I cried when I put it on for the first time. I did not truly to my core realized how dysphoric and uncomfortable and just nasty and just crawling in my skin my chest made me feel and how much it really impeded my everyday life until I put on that binder I threw a shirt on over it and it looked like I had pecs it looked like I did not have breasts at all and that was just the most pure moment to experience at the time that I just broke down and cried But I'll tell you one thing, those chest compression binders, though they make me feel confident and comfortable and secure in who I am as as a person, they are extremely uncomfortable to wear. And prolonged use of wearing a binder can actually be not great for your health. So in my teens, I had played around with the idea that maybe one day I would get top surgery, which is basically layman's terms for a double mastectomy. Um, But it's been really in the last few years that I'm like, yep, this is going to happen. I'm going to do this. Um, I just need to be able to afford it. And I need to be able to have the insurance and the time off of work to recover from a surgery like that. But this is something I can dive in a little deeper on another podcast. But for this one, we'll just continue on to the next thing that I had mentioned, which are my hips. I hate that I look curvy. I hate that my hips make me feel feminine. It's like no matter what I do, I can compress my chest, I can work out, I can extreme diet, but I just cannot get rid of these hips. Again, you'll see me constantly changing my pants, constantly looking at myself in the mirror going, gosh, do these pants make my hips look big? Asking Gina, my partner, my fiance actually, asking her like, do these pants look make my hips look big? And I'm hoping that she's honest with me and I know that she is. 
but that she tells me like, yeah, they're looking a little big in those pants. And I appreciate that honesty because then I'm going to go and I'm going to change because I don't want to look like I've got large hips. And the third major thing that really brings me discomfort and exacerbates my gender dysphoria is uh, having a menstrual cycle. Now, you can ask any female, any woman out on the planet, and they're going to say that they hate having their period. And that's completely understandable. It sucks in general. But my hate for that monthly cycle is like... Just I'm disgusted with myself. I'm disgusted that this is happening to me. It feels foreign. It doesn't feel like it's my body. I just feel completely disconnected during that week of the month. And it's not even during that week because you've got other things that happen throughout the month, you know, throughout the menstrual cycle before the period actually happens that makes it completely uncomfortable all the time. So these are some of the ways in which my personal gender dysphoria manifests itself. And I chose to go on gender-affirming hormone therapy because it helps to reduce my feelings of gender dysphoria, and it brings about some changes that I truly enjoy. I'll talk more specifically about my HRT journey in another podcast, but for now, I'm just kind of trying to give you guys a, a brief overview of like where I'm at and get more into the details as we go along. So we touched on what this podcast is going to be about. We touched on what transmasculine non-binary means to me as my gender label. Uh, We touched on a little bit of my gender dysphoria and how that manifests to me. And so I feel like the best way to round out this podcast, um, this episode rather, is to talk about pronouns. So pronouns seem to be what trips up most people. Um, It's a hot button topic right now, and I don't understand why. Again, it goes back to the first episode that I spoke about. Like, If you can't have enough kindness and respect in your heart to use somebody's preferred pronouns, that says more about you than it says about them and their choice of pronouns. We don't expect people to be perfect in using the pronouns that we prefer, but we do expect people to try and to not intentionally be disrespectful by using pronouns that you know makes that person feel uncomfortable. To me, it doesn't matter how conditioned you are to calling that person she or he. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it and how difficult it may be for you to wrap around your head and switch it the other way. The bottom line is it's just a small change in your language, and it's not hard to do. Understandably, sometimes people do make mistakes with pronouns. Either A, they're assuming pronouns, um, which we can get onto the fact that you can ask. That's okay to ask. Um, But also some people just make a blatant mistake. They're like, holy cow, I just called this person she. They want to be called they. I don't know how to reconcile this, so I'm just going to keep talking and moving on. Um, You are allowed to be... Uh, apologetic, but not overly apologetic either. We're not expecting you to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. Blah, 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 blah. Like if you're just like, oh, I just saw her yesterday. I'm sorry. I mean, I saw him yesterday. Just taking that extra second to check yourself and to change your language in that moment goes miles. It shows that you're trying. It shows that you have respect for that person and you're trying to use their preferred pronouns. If you are unsure about somebody's pronouns, it's okay to ask. 
So in my personal journey with pronouns, I have been getting asked about my pronouns for, I'd say, a couple years consistently. And pretty much in the beginning of people asking me for my pronouns, I didn't really know what to say because I hadn't really thought about it much before. Um, But the more that I'm getting into my gender identity and uh, into my medical transition and really just allowing myself to explore my gender and my feelings about uh, certain words and terms, um, I have been thinking more about, okay, what are my pronouns? What do I want people to to call me? So when I first started getting asked this, um, my kind of kept to the comfort zone, right, of like not wanting to rock the boat too much. And I would just say, oh, she or they, that works out for me. And the more I started to dabble into other pronouns and again, coming into more of like who I am and my gender identity, I started saying, hey, any pronoun works for me. She, they, he, uh, whatever you use in that moment is okay. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Um then that has continued to progress. And now I lean more towards they, them. So though in this part of my timeline, I have not completely written off people calling me she, her, um, I have been gently steering people away with from that. Um, I want more so people using they, them. I want more of that gender neutral pronouns. It makes me feel more comfortable in the part of my journey that I'm at at this time. So I guess in an attempt to kind of uncomplicate this, uh, right now, the pronouns to use for me, your safest bet is they, them. Those are the safest, like the thing that makes me feel the most comfortable at this point. So that's kind of the first time I've really talked about that out loud. Um, I've talked about it with Gina a little bit, but um, for the most part, like this is really me articulating it for the first time that I would prefer they them pronouns. So now this is where I'm going to go back to where I kind of mentioned in the first podcast how there's a part of me that feels like in a way if I just were a trans man and not trans masculine non-binary that people would have a better grasp on my identity and how to interact with me because using they them as a as pronouns for uh, one individual human being seems to be like a huge deal to people. Like they just cannot wrap their head around it. Um, They say it's not proper English language. And how can I call you something that's supposed to be plural? And people get all upset about it and all up in arms because you know why? Because it's challenging these boxes. It's challenging that gender norm, that binary status that we have male or female. And it frankly makes people feel uncomfortable. It has nothing to do with the words themselves. It makes them feel uncomfortable that they don't know, are you a she? Are you a he? Are you a he, she? What's going on with you? Like these are the derogatory people, things that people say and think and believe that are ignorant and hurtful for no other reason than, oh, I just don't get it. But I hate to break it to you guys. You use they, them in towards a single individual in everyday speech. It is proper English. Let me give you an example. You're being seated at a restaurant. You sit down in a booth. You find that somebody left their coat. You pick up the coat and you bring it up to the front uh, hostess. And you say, hey, somebody left their coat here. Because you didn't know 
The gender of the person that left the coat behind, you used a they-them pronoun for a single individual. I'll give you another example. Hey, John, have you met Pat before? No, I haven't met them. Are they a friend of yours? Mind blown, right? Using they-them towards an individual is as natural and as simple as he, him, she, her. You just don't realize you're doing it. So... Let me get off my soapbox, though it may be a little more difficult or challenging for you to get used to using pronouns such as they, them versus she or he, especially if it's towards somebody that you know. Um, that's that's where the grace period comes from. That's where most of us, most people who use they, them pronouns are understanding to the fact that it could be a new concept for you. But it's the effort that you make, it's the respect that you show that you're trying that really does count. So I'm going to try to wrap this up in a nice little neat bow, kind of bring it all back around. Um, my name is Kez, I identify as transmasculine non-binary, and I use they, them pronouns. At this point in my personal journey, I will not hunt you down and feed your firstborn child to the wolves if you use she, her, but I just ask that the effort is made more so to use they them and as i continue to evolve this might change as well i might get to a point where she her is totally off limits and i want people to stop using it altogether um, right now it's still like again i'm not going to completely freak out or feel hurt or feel uh, some type of way if someone were to use she her for me but again i would appreciate the effort safe as bet as they them one cheat code that you can use if you're having some trouble um, using somebody's pronouns is by using their name as much as possible. So instead of being like, they are coming over today, you could just say, Kez is coming over today. Or, I really like Kez, Kez is really cool. Instead of, I really like Kez, they are really cool. If it's difficult to to really get into it right away, then again, try to use um, my name as much as you can. And at the risk of further complicating things, um, some titles that I prefer are uh, sibling for instead of sister or brother. I prefer uncle instead of aunt or any other thing you can come up with for that. Um, I go by Bapu for the grandkids. And uh, what else do we got out there? I prefer child over son or daughter. And I prefer. At this time, the title of Mix or Mixer, which is abbreviated MX or MXR, um, as opposed to Miss or Mrs. or Mr. And maybe the titles are deserving of their own little part of a podcast um, at some point coming up here. Um, but for now, I just wanted to give you that quick little nugget that quick little bite and i also wanted to just throw out there real quickly that i have been using these titles for over a year now um, when it comes to people in my life um for example my nieces and nephew call me uncle kelsey and i really love that and i've even had a conversation with the older ones and asked them like hey does it bother you to call me uncle kelsey at all and just so you guys know they have no issue with it whatsoever so quick side note, Kelsey is my birth name. I do not consider it a dead name. Though I do prefer Kez, I have not written off Kelsey when it comes to family. 
People try to argue that, oh, you're going to confuse the kids and it's going to be a big issue, and it's not. It truly does not matter to these kids. All they care about is that they have this person in their life that they love and they respect and they look up to. And if that person wants to use uncle versus aunt, the only reason why that would ever become a problem would be because the people in their lives, their parents, their teachers, or whoever they're surrounded with are telling them that it's wrong or not okay. But again, for now, I digress, kind of getting off on a tangent again. Um, I just wanted to make that very clear that we have to give our kids more credit. Not really sure how to transition out of that, so I think we're just going to have that be the podcast for today. Um, again, there's just there's so much to go through. There's so much I want to talk about and uh, unpack in as far as like societal things and my own personal journey. And I'm excited that you're still here with me. I'm excited that you are keeping an open mind. And I just want you to know that if you have any questions thus far, please feel free to reach out to me. Again, I am an open book and I am ready and willing to talk to you about anything that you might have questions about. The only thing that I ask is that you are respectful and come from a place of kindness and love. Catch you next time on New Pronouns Who Dis. (laughs) 